0: Alright, hello, 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 and welcome into another edition of the Sports Kiki Podcast. My name, as always, is Alex Streamer. Thank you for listening as we make our way through this beautiful month of October. That's right, Uh saw the other day, just another month or so, until we have sunsets at 4.30 in Boston, which is, uh, well, that's not very cool, but... What are you going to do? Time just goes on, does it not? Oh, yes, it does. Very esoteric to start off the show this week. But it is episode number 86. As always, you can find the Sports Kiki Podcast wherever you can find your favorite Outsports podcasts. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're everywhere. Uh, Big week for us here at Outsports. And this is the topic we're going to spend the majority of our time on today. Uh, We had our big out-in-sports study that we released this week in combination with the Sports Equality Foundation and the University of Winchester. There's a professor there, Eric Anderson, who's actually been on this show in the past, who is one of the foremost researchers of LGBTQ acceptance in sports. So he was involved in this as well, his university, us at Outsports. And basically, we surveyed out athletes who came out to their teammates in high school or college, and we wanted to know what was your experience like was it positive was it neutral was it negative we had 820 different student athletes submit 1000 team coming out experiences that's because some submitted two their coming out experience in high school and college and the purpose of this study is really to get a tangible gauge on how much LGBTQ acceptance there is in sports, because one of the themes that we have at OutSports, and thus I've been repeating here on this podcast, but only because I think it's true, is that there is more LGBTQ acceptance in sports than the perception would lead you to believe. We are led to believe that sports are such a toxic heteronormative space. And I'm really talking about the male team sports more than anything, but it can extend to all male sports. I think women's sports are are different culturally because there are so many more out women. But I think I was saying this last week or the week before that could also be because there are just more gay women playing sports. But what's interesting is in the survey, gay men or out men, I should say, and out women uh, both said overwhelmingly positive, not a lot of difference between those two responses, which again shows how in this case, perception may not be reality. But again, to go back to the perception piece with the male sports, you would think scary place, all this fear surrounding coming out. I mean, we have Carl Nassib, that's great, but he still is the only out active NFL player in history. Nobody else in the league has followed him yet, despite the positive public reaction he's received. So, that's the perception out there. But the reality we've said is just not, just, just just does not fall in line with that. The reality is that people are people and they are usually accepting of LGBTQ people in their lives once they know them. And the coming out stories we publish are largely positive. But I also understand there could be a selection bias there, right? If you had a really negative awful experience. Would you want to broadcast that to the world with an essay on Outsports? I don't know. But this survey, I think, is a great way to go about it because these are anonymous responses. So you don't have to attach your name to it. Generally, you get more honesty that way. And this is what the results were. It matches up what we've been saying. More than 95% of the athletes surveyed, men and women, said their teammates' responses to them coming out were neutral, to perfect. Only 4.6% of survey respondents said their overall experience was bad or worse. Conversely, nearly 25%, so more than five times that number, said the response from their teammates was perfect or near perfect. So I don't want to discount the 4.6% who said their overall experience was bad or worse. That's still far too high a number. The Number we want is zero percent, and that shows us there still is a lot of work to do. I think the biggest thing, at least in male team sports, which I can speak as, I don't want to say expertise, because I really, well, I don't think I ever made it above JV level. Never even tried, really. So, So... So I'm not gonna be an expert on it, but I have been in those locker rooms. I guess gym locker rooms. I don't know. Direct teams have locker rooms. I don't think so. I've been on the sidelines. I've been on the bench. I had lunch as a high schooler with our high school kids, and casual homophobia is just the norm, and that plays into the culture where if you're a closeted gay athlete and on your team that you're gay, that's so gay. The f word. You know these things are used as put downs. That does not make you feel very good about yourself. And maybe the people saying these words are not anti-gay at all. They're just saying them because it's part of the culture. And unfortunately, it is still a part of the culture. And that's what we need to do. We need to eradicate casual homophobia from the vocabulary of kids and people who play on sports teams. So that's too high a number, 4.6%. But again, more than 95%. Their experience was overall neutral to perfect. And when you look at the responses from out athletes in the big five men's sports, so we're talking football, baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer, vast majority also report good responses from teammates. Only 7.6 say they had a bad or worse experience. So that also flies against the perception that, oh, all the sports are scary, but especially these male team sports. So... Now we have some tangible data to put behind our claim that the sports world is more accepting than it's given credit for. And when you look at the grand arc of sports, this shouldn't be all that surprising. I mean, sports are one of the last true meritocracies that we have. It doesn't matter what your last name is, maybe that'll help you get drafted as like a late round pick, but once you're in an organization, if you suck, you're out. You, know, you don't make the roster because of who your daddy was. And that meritocracy is a big reason why sports were far ahead of the rest of the country when it comes to racial inclusion, Yeah. Jackie Robinson broke the broke the color barrier. That was obviously uh happened far too late. He broke the car barrier in 1947. So up until then no black players, Babe Ruth never played against a black player. So far too late, but still 2 decades before uh I mean, you know, 2 decades before Jim Crow was was broken. And there was a lot of, and can to be a lot of, turmoil since then, to say the very least. Uh, basketball, same thing. Bill Russell was the first black coach of the Celtics, of a, of a professional basketball team, in 1966, right? So, I mean, that was a very progressive move as well on the part of Red Auerbach and the Celtics organization. So sports have always been ahead of the curve when it comes to racial inclusion in this country, So with that history in mind, it should not be all that surprising that they are inclusive, that the sports are an inclusive environment for LGBTQ people as well, or way more than the perception would lead you to believe. And I noticed this when Carl Nassib came out. You had several NFL players who played in the 70s, 80s, 90s, previous eras, Warren Moon, chief among them, who said, congratulations to Carl. We played with gay teammates and they were embraced. They were. I mean, you even go to the story of Glenn Burke with the Dodgers in the late 70s. Management and ownership may have not been comfortable with his homosexuality. And ultimately, that's why he was traded to the A's. But his teammates liked him. From Dusty Baker to Davey Lopes, his teammates embraced Glenn Burke. And they knew he was gay. So when you look at the wide history of sports, not that surprising. But there's been this perception that these are, that, that, that sports are these dark, evil plays because all these dumb jocks played in high school. And that is true. And sports remain too gendered. They remain far too heteronormative. But a lot of progress has been made. I mean, 820 different respondents, more than 95%, said they had a neutral to perfect experience. That's pretty damn good. And uh, we're going to hang our hats on that. And the biggest thing is representation. The biggest thing is visibility. I spoke with a black wrestler named Carlin Yetz, who was the only black male at his high school in rural West Virginia, his Catholic high school, I should say, in rural West Virginia. And he came out as gay in 1999. So you would think that would be a powder keg, right? Only black male, Catholic school, 150 people in the school, rural West Virginia, Andy comes out as gay. As he said, when we spoke for a story, he had two things working against him, but instead his teammates offered to protect him. They said, if anyone gives you trouble, let us know. Now, he thinks he thought he could handle himself, so he didn't exactly take them up on his, their offer, but still. And that was way back in 1999, last century. Sorry, Carlin, don't mean to age you. Um, such so just shows, again, people are people, representation matters. There's a reason why Dick Cheney, in the mid-aughts when George Bush is campaigning, against same-sex marriage and gay rights as a campaign platform. He's pro-gay marriage because his daughter is gay. So if you know somebody and you know them as a person, it's harder to have animus towards them because you know who they are. And that's a story that we see time and time again. And it carries over to the sports realm. So thank you for listening to another edition of the Sports Kiki Podcast. We'll get back on the guest train I promise you that. I've had a busy couple weeks. I know, life's so hard, right? Uh, You can follow me on Twitter, at alexreamer one That, again, is at alexreamer one Love hearing from you there. So long. We'll talk to you next Saturday.